Well, good morning. It is great seeing you all here on this second Sunday in April. And today's message is about dreams and visions and the keys to the kingdom. Based on Revelation 5, verse 11 to 14. Well, a few days ago, while driving to work, early in the morning, I was listening to a radio program called Family Life Today with Dennis Rainey and Bob Lapine. And the subject that morning was honoring your father and your mother. And Dennis Rainey gave a tribute to his dad, who had passed away many years earlier. And it made me think of the hymn, The Holy City, a song that holds a very special place in my heart. And let me tell you why. In the summer of 2013, my dad had passed away. And less than a week before he died, we had talked about the Holy City. And at his funeral, I gave a eulogy. And as a tribute, I also sang this timeless hymn, The Holy City, in this ancient church in the town where my dad grew up, all the way back in Holland. His whole life, my father had longed to visit Jerusalem, but he never made it there. Now the hymn, The Holy City, provides a beautiful depiction of life and death and the promise of salvation. Now, honestly, I wasn't too familiar with the song at that time and only knew just a part of the, the melody, the very end. And without having music with me, well, by the time I was in Holland, and being far away from home, I listened to YouTube to familiarize myself with this song because I was supposed to sing it two days later in the church. And one of the recordings on YouTube was from gospel singer Bill Shaw, a former member of the Blackwood Brothers Quartet when he was a singer and a tenor there during the 50s and 60s. And in this YouTube clip, before singing the Holy City, Bill Shaw quoted from Revelation 21.2. Then I, John, saw the Holy City, the New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now this led me to explore the book more extensively. And it starts as the revelation of Jesus Christ, made known by sending an angel to his servant John. But who is John? Well, there is ample of compelling evidence that the author of Revelation is the Apostle John. Now in Acts we read about the inception of the early church and how the twelve disciples scattered throughout the Mediterranean region to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. 
and how the early church grew, grew rapidly, but also was met with widespread persecution. And most of those apostles were martyred. In Acts 12, 2, we read that Herod had James put to death with the sword. Peter was crucified upside down in Rome. Matthew was killed by a sword wound in Ethiopia. James, the brother of Jesus, was thrown from a pinnacle of the temple. And then Bartholomew was killed in Armenia. Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross in Greece. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India. Matthias, the apostle who replaced Judas, was stoned and then beheaded. Then the apostle Paul, he was beheaded by the emperor Nero in Rome in 67 AD. But then there was John. John the apostle, Jesus loved. And up to five times in the Gospel of John, we, there are scenes where we read about Jesus loving the Apostle John. John was in the inner circle of Jesus, together with his brother James and Peter. He was the one in the presence of Jesus on Mount Tabor during the transfiguration with Moses and Elijah in, in, in attendance. John was also the only disciple at the cross. And during a wave of persecution in Rome, John was thrown in a huge basin of boiling oil. Now, oil burns three times hotter than water. So, in other words, when you're thrown in a basin of burning oil, it means sudden death, certain death. Now, similarly to Daniel's three friends 700 years earlier that were thrown in the furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar and were stabbed with the presence of the Son of Man, so was John spared by the will of God and was miraculously delivered from death. John was then sentenced to the mines on the prison island of Patmos. And it is here where the angel gave the visions and John wrote his prophetic book of Revelation. He was later freed and returned to what is now modern-day Turkey. He died as an old man, the only apostle to die peacefully. Well, in today's society and culture, we are fascinated with stories and films about heaven and hell. Letterbox.com lists 111 movies dating all the way back to the 1940s depicting heaven and hell. And just in the last few years, we have seen best-selling books and movies like 90 Minutes in Heaven or Heaven is for Real and currently playing in theaters, Miracles from Heaven. And then there are stories of near-death experiences. And a few weeks ago, I heard our Eureka Presbyterian pastor, Dan Price, talk about Bill Eyre, who was an atheist. 
and he was clinically dead for more than four minutes. And after coming back, he privately acknowledged, now remember, this is an atheist, he privately acknowledged to his physician that there is a divine presence. And he changed his outlook on life and became a new person. Now let's look and turn to a detailed account of what John wrote in today's reading of Revelation 5, verse 11, which can be found on page 248 in your pew Bible. Then I looked, and I heard a voice of many angels surrounding the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered, to receive power, and wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, and all that is in them, singing to the one seated on the throne, and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor, and glory and might, forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This scripture reading was on the lectionary for today. And somehow I felt inclined to give a message on this controversial book in the New Testament. The last book of the Bible. Last week, a motivational speaker and a best-selling author came to Arcata to coach and train our management and sales teams. His name is Barry Gottlieb. He published a number of books, including Every Day is a Gift. And the other book is called Ticket. Thank God it's Today. Well, among the many nuggets of wisdom that Barry Gottlieb shared with our group, one of them was a concept of the alpha and beta waves of the brain. And how the first, the first 30 minutes after waking up, or the ones just before going to bed, the brain is in alpha mode. And the information entering the brain is virtually unfiltered. Therefore, it is not a good idea to watch the news or anything like that, since 80% of it is negative. And these negatrons affect how we think and how we act the rest of the day. Once our mind is in full swing in the middle of the day, the beta, swing, the beta waves actually set in, and so does the filter. So last Sunday, after sleeping in a bit, and determined to put my new learnings to work, I first read a book after waking up, and purposely did not turn on the news while eating breakfast. 
and instead turned the dial to the Trinity Broadcasting Channel. And lo and behold, David Jeremiah, in his program Turning Point, starts talking about the book of Revelation. The book that is more than just signs and wonders, but about things to come. And found in the beginning of the book of Revelations are the seven letters to the seven churches, to the early Christians. Then Charles Swindoll once asked, How would you react if Jesus Christ himself were to show up unannounced? And this is exactly what Christ did. According to the book of Revelation, much to the surprise of the Apostle John, who didn't expect to see the Lord again until his own death, Christ appeared in his majestic glory to deliver visions of the future and to dictate timely messages. In verse 11 it said, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads, thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, just like the angels in that holy city hymn. Or look at the Look at the hymnals in your, in, in your pews. It shows in the back the hymns that are based on the books in the Bible. There are actually 27 hymns in the hymnal, in the pew, that are attributed to the book of Revelation. Including the ones that we're singing today. And how about Handel's Messiah? The last song in Handel's Messiah, prior to the Amen, is straight from Revelation 5, 12, and 13, the scripture reading of today. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain and had redeemed us to God. When you have a moment, take a moment to listen to Handel's Messiah. It is like a preview of those angels singing. And here is another parallel to Daniel. In chapter 7, verse 10, Daniel describes a a scene around the throne of the Ancient of Days. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. So there is much similarity to Daniel and Revelation. And it appears that both were recording the same event from an Old Testament and a New Testament perspective, while they were actually written 700 years apart. Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Well, during the summer months, we grow iris in the fields in Arcata. And I brought some iris this morning to show what they look like. And we prefer to grow those iris in virgin soil. Now you may ask, what does that mean? Well, that means fields that have never seen an iris before. This makes for some of the best iris you can imagine. Some of the best quality. And at the same time, it is a sustainable farming practice 
that minimizes the need for chemicals. So for this crop rotation, we're always on the lookout for new fields. And this year, we are growing our iris in a field of a sheep farmer. And talking to the sheep farmer last summer, he explained how vulnerable sheep are. How vulnerable they are to predators, like coyotes and mountain lions, but also to dogs. A sheep has no natural defense. And especially lambs, they're even more vulnerable. Now, lambs are mentioned quite often and quite frequently in the Bible. In the Old Testament, lambs are mentioned 155 times. And of those 155 times, the majority of the time in the first five books of the, of the Bible, in the Torah, written by Moses. And almost all the references to lambs in the New Testament, 29 of them, are written in the book of Revelation. And isn't it interesting that John, in his vision, sees the lamb that was slaughtered as a sacrifice to mankind to carry the guilt for our sins. But it's also like a world upside down. Here is the Son of God, the one that has power to heal, the one that has the power to cast out demons, who brought Lazarus back from the dead. Here he is portrayed in John's vision as a lamb that was slaughtered to receive wisdom and power and wealth and glory and honor. His son on the cross and the death of Jesus Christ crucified reveals God's character as love and God's passion for mankind. Now, how does the book of Revelation apply to our own lives? The book teaches us that if we open our hearts and take a break from all the noise and allow a moment of silence and listen, God will speak to us. This is what happened to me this week. Driving home in the evening, listening to a program called Haven Today by Charles Morris. And this past week, he highlighted a book called The Cost by Ali Husman, a remarkable journey of a young man born into a prominent Shia Muslim family in Pakistan who left everything behind to follow the one thing he knew that was true. And through excommunication from his home and family, a near-death experience, a miraculous healing, Ellie's face sustained him, also compelling him to bring the gospel to the Muslim world, no matter what the cost. This book is a must-read for anyone who wants to be informed and inspired by just how much a single light in the darkness can make a difference. And then there's another book that is out only recently, Seeking Allah 
finding Jesus. Nabil Qureshi gives his testimony on how Jesus entered his heart. Jesus appearing in dreams and visions is becoming, becoming commonplace around the Muslim world. According to Nizar Shaheen, host of Light for the Nations, I see many, many Arab-speaking people turning to Christ, accepting Him as Lord and Savior. It is happening all over the Arab world. It is happening in North Africa, it is happening in the Middle East, and it is happening in the Gulf countries. What is happening nowadays in the Muslim world has never happened before, said Father Sakari, Sakaria Butros, an Egyptian Coptic priest, who is one of the foremost evangelistic to the Muslim world. He says a cross-section of Muslims are accepting Jesus Christ, young and old, educated and not educated, males and females, even those who are fanatic. One fanatic Muslim who came to the faith of Jesus Christ is Samer Ahmad Mohammed. He studied for years to become a Wahhabi Shaykh, one of the most active forms of Islam. He hated Christians and the Christian church, but his heart changed when he heard the gospel and Jesus touched his heart. And this is a quote from Samaria. I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. Jesus forgave me for my sins, he said. He gave me eternal life and peace. And the second thing, I really suffered in my daily life, but I had peace. I had joy because Jesus entered my heart. Then Heidi Baker of Iris Ministries sees thousands of African Muslims receiving Jesus and getting baptized. Many people are having dreams. They see Jesus appear to them. Probably half our pastors were leaders, imams in Muslim mosques. They were leaders in those mosques. Now they are pastors. And then there's another significant evangelistic movement among Muslims that links China and Jerusalem. Chinese house churches plan to send at least 100,000 evangelists from China through many predominantly Muslim nations all the way back to Jerusalem. This quiet but amazing movement of roaming evangelists is bringing the story of Jesus Christ into the heart of the Muslim world. Technologies like satellite television and internet also penetrate the world of Islam. Now these powerful stories of Jesus appearing in dreams all over the Muslim world underscore the power of the Holy Spirit being strong and alive today. And even though the book of Revelation was written almost 2,000 years ago, the revelation of Jesus Christ never stopped. As evidenced, Jesus appears in dreams and visions 
and in the hearts of believers every day and night, 24-7. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What a great prospect, the kingdom of heaven. John wrote in Revelation 21, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. Because what first was is no more. I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to those who thirst. The city had no need for the sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. John wrote, He showed me a pure river of the water of life. And on either side of it was the tree of life. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Ladies and gentlemen, let us open our hearts, incline our ears to let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit enter our hearts and quench our thirsty souls with the water of life. Repent of our sins. Accept Jesus in our hearts and He will give us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Amen.